Chad, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you doing today, man? Good, man. I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about what's, what I'm seeing in the market right now is a lot of shifts and changes are happening. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about that, right? Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people have applied for a, uh, for a forbearance and in uh, their mortgage and Fannie and Freddie keep kind of like pushing these back and allowing this to happen. And what they're doing now is they're paying the GSEs, which are the people that actually hold the notes. You know, the GSEs are paying, which is Fannie and Freddie. They're paying a lot of the servicers, uh, and this was supposed to go in, in, in effect July 1st. Uh, a lot of the servicers are getting paid $500 per forbearance, but the problem is, is the, for, the, the servicers aren't equipped to, you know, so they've been basically paying you know, March or April or May or June and July. You know, they're paying four or five months of mortgage payments still because the payments still have to be made. It's it's not yeah. like the payments go away, right? But the banks or the servicers or sometimes the banks and sometimes the banks hire servicers to service the mortgages. Mm -hmm. Well, the GSCs are basically paying $500 a loan to, uh, to the servicers to do these forbearances, but they just don't know... Uh, you know, what, what type of effect this will have on these servicers because the servicers don't have the amount of equity just sitting in their, in their accounts to pay for all these mortgages. So that's kind of a scary thing that I, that I see coming. And a lot of homeowners um, have done these forbearances on their mortgage. You know, I was, I was talking to a high value lender the other day and um, he said the, the forbearances on the next step, you know, what they do is they give them these forbearances. So they, they, they make, they let them stop making their payments. Well, then what they turn and do is they, they turn those into loan modifications. And when that happens, the lenders then won't refinance the home for a minimum of one year and they could require bigger reserves. So, so which in turn either creates, you have to sell your home or if you can't get the payments or, or you know, if, the, if your payments are getting too high or you're, you're going to lose your house, you, you know? So, uh, a lot of these mortgage companies are tightening up on their lending aspects. So they're not lending as much, uh, you know, you got to have a higher credit or more reserves. Um, so, so what I kind of see and happen is a, you either can't get a loan for reasons of, you know, you, you lost a job or maybe the uncertainty of the market if it continues the way it's going and it'll be lenders are tightening up so much on the loans that there people, a lot of people aren't uh, able to qualify. And what happened the other day with one of my agents is, one of their clients was fully approved, ready to go. They, they wrote an offer on a property. They got the property accepted, but they had applied, they had, they had applied uh, for a forbearance when this COVID kind of first came out, you know, because they didn't know if they were going to get their jobs. Well, they continued to make their payment. So they never actually took the forbearance, but they applied for it. Well, now what's happening is it's creating issues when they're going to buy a home now and people don't realize that. So now this client, he's always made the payment. He did apply for the forbearance, but he never took the forbearance. He just continued to make the payment. And now the lender's saying, because this is forbearance is on your credit, there's a bunch of hoops that we oh. have to jump through. We might not even get you to qualify for the loan for the new property even though he never actually took the forbearance. And I think a lot of Americans out there and a lot of people don't really understand what applying for the forbearance means. And the lenders and the government just shot it out so quick that, hey, it's going to be a forbearance. Don't worry about it. You know, don't make your payments. Oh, well, that's yeah. going to trigger a whole other effect. And now the, the services are starting to say, hey, you guys have let all these forbearances go by. We don't, A, we don't have the capital to make up these payments. 
and B, how are they reporting this on their credit? And, and so it's really starting to screw up a lot of things in the market um, with people able to qualify, you know? So what happens next? I think at this point, there's still too many uncertainties in the market. Uh, so in the next six months or year, we'll, I think this forbearance uh, will start to kind of unravel either more and it's gonna leave a lot of borrowers to where they can't qualify for, for loans, even if they never took the forbearance, you know? So it's kind of a strange deal. Yeah, you know, this, uh, this is a classic example of, um, you know, if you're a free market guy versus, uh, you know, <laughs> a free markets guy versus government intervention, right? right? And this is a classic case of what happened years ago when I, uh, everybody remembers, Test for clunkers, right? Ooh, we're going to take all the gas guzzling vehicles off the streets. We're going to save the world, right? There's like this whole big thing. Here comes the government going to give you a bailout, right? We're right. the big bad boys. and We solve everything. You do everything, but it, all they do is really, at the end of the day, this is a classic example of screwing everything up, right? Running down the hill to fix something. And then this is how, like, in, you know, in, in – in Obamacare, a bunch of stuff got stuffed in the bill that people never knew about. And then this is just another classic example of, ooh, sounds good, right? Ooh, I could like a lot of people, we know real realtors that taken the, the forbearance or whatever, they took the easy way out, and I'm gonna kick the can down the road. And oh, it's like, you know, oh, there's no strings attached, right? There's no strings attached, it'll be cool, right? <laughs> and then it's like, the snakes come out of the woodwork, right? And even though this guy didn't accept it, here's the thing, there's repercussions, right? And maybe he will, maybe he won't get out of it. They did this in cash for clunkers. It was like, we're gonna save everything. We're gonna, you know, this is back. And what's so funny is I've talked about, it's like a bad drug addiction that the, 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 the government has with always infusing cash on everything, right? And it's like a guy trying to get off drugs, you try, the economy crashes, get off drugs, and then they start using drugs again to feel better, right? And it's the same thing, like it crashes and then they start shooting up again or using drugs again to make it feel better. And if they did this with Cash for Clunkers, it was like, oh, we're going to do this thing. Because back to remember when Cash for Clunkers was out, it was when the economy was bad, right? And the car dealers were suffering and, and all this stuff. We got to do something to help. We got to do something to help everybody. We got to give them some more drugs to feel better, right? And so what they did is they turned to Cash for Clunkers and then all these new car dealers had inventory and all these people rushed in and they thought they were getting this great deal, right? And the perception was, is, ooh, I'm going to get $3,000 for my beater, whatever it was. And so they rush in and the dealers were like, we got no inventory. So what they ended up doing is jack the prices up on everybody, okay? And then so you came in and, and they come in to buy a car and paid more then it had they just gotten a deal at the normal times, right? And, oh, we supposedly took all this great stuff off the market. And then what they did is kick the, uh, the, the, uh, the legs out from the, uh, underneath the small guy, and they, they were required to pour stuff into the engines of these other cars. So the junkyards couldn't even use them, and the small average guy that's just trying to start a business or a mechanic or whatever couldn't even use these parts, right? And this happened back when – and matter of fact, when I was buying a house with you, uh, we were looking in Colorado years ago, back when I lived in Colorado. And I remember the whole down payment, like they were giving us to stimulate 
it was like an additional 10 grand or something. There was that tax thing, right? And everybody rushed out and they were driving. Like, it was crazy. And I told my wife, you know what? Let's just get out of the market and, and just wait. And like, as soon as we did, we walked in and got a house on our terms. But it's a classic. Everybody runs out on this new stuff, right? Nobody thinks. And the same thing with the government. They come out. And then it's like all these repercussions. I heard of another company that got like $80 million in relief of like some big company that should have never gotten some of this relief fund money that was supposed to meant to help the average person. Well, then guess what? There was a loophole. And then you got these people come in and, and swoop in and take advantage. It's just a classic case of like, you know, of not taking your time and analyzing things properly. Yeah, we need to take care of people, but this is a classic example of where it looks good on paper, but then, you know, you, t you take it and then you're like, ooh, I didn't but, realize it had that. Yeah, and I think, you know, with so much fear that was out there, a lot of these people didn't understand the real, real percussions of what would happen. And so they thought, hey, I'm out of a job. You know, right now there's over six, uh, six million Americans without job on unemployment. And, 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 you know, in the reports that I was reading, saying that could get much worse as the days go by. Well, a lot of these people with no jobs, if they get, if someone says, hey, now you don't have to pay your mortgage for four months or three months and we're just gonna forbear and set, then they're like, yeah, it's great. You know, that's all I can afford right now. But what they didn't know is that they didn't know the fine print, right? And I don't even think right. the government or the lenders were honest about everything and told these, these some of these homeowners <laughs> the, the real truth, right? And now these poor yeah. guys are, didn't even take the forbearance and, and and now they're not able to qualify for a home and and uh so uh, it, it's it's crazy because um you know you you think you're getting help out there but is it truly the right help that's actually benefiting you or is it making things worse for you and i think right. a lot of yeah. cases with the forbearance it's actually making it worse on people than making it better right and so that's kind of what mm -hmm. i really want people to understand is there's no judgment if you're taking a forbearance because some right. of yeah. but you got to know what your, your, the repercussions are if you take it. And even if you apply for it and don't even use it, a lot of these homeowners now can't qualify to repurchase properties because they have the hit on their credit that they took the forbearance, which then in turn becomes a loan modification and lenders aren't going to touch you if you got a loan mod. And that's, so, right. so how many people are on forbearances, right? How many of the Americans took these forbearances? Um, I, I think it was 12% yeah. of Americans right now are on a forbearance, some type, type of forbearance plan. Well, guess what? 12% of Americans now are out of the market to buy a property. Absolutely. Why? Because they don't know, they didn't know the repercussions before they got into these things, which then in turn, what happens is you lose 12% of the market when it comes to buying and selling properties because mm. they can't buy, you know? So that's kind of a interesting thing that if you're thinking about doing that, really understand what you're getting into, you know? And I think, uh, you, you know, with a lot of these small businesses and a lot of these small servicing companies that are, that are holding some of these notes, uh, 500 bucks ain't going to do anything for them. That's a couple cheeseburgers for their staff because right. they're their staff, but it's not going to help with, with paying some of these notes to these banks. And so what happens, a lot of these services are going to go out too, which then in turn, what creates havoc for these large companies, you know, and even when we're talking about large companies, 
I think some of these large companies are going to start going out of business too. You know, JC Penney's is, is on the verge of filing bankruptcy. There's a lot of things, a lot of these buffet chains, you know, there's no such thing as a buffet. Uh, you, know, you can't go to sweet tomato or, or soup and salad anywhere. They're all going out of business because mm. of the social distancing and, and what's happening. Right. And that kind of goes back to the forbearance stuff in a way, because what type of loans were offered to them. And if they took those loans, or they didn't qualify for some of those loans, what's the repercussions of those guys paying them back and how do they even pay them back? Right. So I think, uh, yeah, this, it just created a whole different type of problem. Like sometimes you think one solution is going to be a, is going to fix your problem. But really, if you don't really understand what the solution is that you're, you're, you're taking, it could make things a lot worse, worse for you. So that, you know, that's just an important thing to think about, you know, and our agents, you know, as agents, you guys got, you, you know, you have to be, um, you know, you have to be a sounding board for, for your eight, your clients. Right. And you got to let them know it's your job to, uh, keep them informed on what, what's going on. Right. That it's not, it's not, you know, um, you know, it's may not be everything you think it is, right? You know, and so uh, it's always the buyer beware or whatnot, read the right, you know, and as an agent, you know, this is stuff that you could take to your people and, and in a private Facebook group or whatnot. And if you've never done that, you should have one. Like if you, if you got people like, well, I got my own Facebook page. Well, we all know that if you just post, you're going to half the time, you don't see that. And Facebook gamified that a long time ago. Like there's no more free, you know, freebie stuff. And so like, if you don't have your own group, that's a little nugget here that you can use. But if you have your own group, then you post something like this and then you become, you're coming from a place where you're giving people, um, you know, good content and things like that, making them aware that, Hey, look, if you have a question and this is coming up, which you should, because if they're thinking about going into forbearance, they're only one step away from hopefully calling you on a foreclosure or to sell their home. Right. right? And so you should be getting ahead of this as an agent and say, look, you know, I've read through the fine print. I've checked out all the stuff. I mean, I, I've heard that it's going to take 10 years again to get back to like it did from the last crash to get back to unemployment to where it was. I mean, we're at all time records. But the thing is, is like, it's your job to be informed and to let your people know, right? Absolutely. Because, you know, then they're just like, well, nobody ever told me or whatever. Well, what if you were that person that told them? And then they knew and they're like, Hey, you know, thanks. I, you know, because you said something, I really looked into this and I found out a way to make it work without going into that. And because, because of that, we didn't end up doing this. We didn't end up doing that. And it was like, um, you know, it's just like all great entrepreneurs. You know, if you watch, I always watch Shark Tank, you know that. And it's like the guys that walk in there, it's so funny, right? The guys that walk in there, they go to Silicon Valley, right? And they get their big freaking crowdfunding and they come in there with their like, oh, well, we got a valuation of 5 million and they don't, and they take money and they, and nothing wrong with that. But the, the difference between the, all the time you walk in there and you see the people walk in like the, that from Harvard and all that mm -hmm. stuff and Cuban and them always dog on them. And then you got the guy that walked in and was like, he walks in, he's got like one tooth hanging, then his front tooth, and he's like, ah, and he's savage, right? And he's like, man, I was like the lady from Spanx. I was out on the front streets, and I was hustling, and I was trying to sell Spanx, 
and they're like, they spit out a tooth while they're talking, and they're like, and I did this and that, and I bootstrapped, and I got through, I figured it out, and I did, and it's like, those people, it like, they have, you know, they have great success. Why? Because on the last, you know, doomsday, they figured out a way to make it happen, right? They figured out a way, and it's like their company was better, you know, for that, because they figured out a way just to make it happen. They didn't have like Columbus, like you burn the boats, right? There was no ride back home. It was like, we're here, right here, right now. And so sometimes, again, you've got to take assistance sometimes. Don't get me wrong. It's there for a reason, you know, at times. But then there's times that like sometimes you just, you're forced to think about things differently and re-engineer your business or re-engineer the way you think you do things. And that's like right now with your clients, re-engineering how you talk to them, the Facebook group type of thing letting them know stuff, or maybe giving them an idea of how to maybe still make the payment. Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about maybe selling some stuff on eBay? I mean, well, I've never done that. Well, guess what? Now's the time not to freaking be afraid of technology, right? And it's just like, maybe give them some strategies, but it's like through that persistence of, of not having an out or an option, you figure out an option. And I've known so many entrepreneurs that almost asked for money. And then the people told them, no, I won't give it to you. And they were forced to figure out a better way because they had no money. And then it was the best thing ever for their business because right. they never, they, they had to, you know, click funnels, which I always talk about, like Russell Brunson, he, he, he now is, it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. But in the beginning, he had no way to make money. And he said, how do I do it? He reverse engineered it. And so he sold products ahead of what his, what his platform was. And it, it self-funded the business. And people are like, what do you mean? You don't advertise you, you, you don't advertise and then sell he's like, he would sell the product up front and that would pay for everything. And then and then that and then they would have to use the platform versus like, what do you mean? You just run an ad and then hope they come in and buy? No, he sold it ahead. So he completely re-engineered and he can outspend his competitors five to one because every time he ran an ad, if he made three dollars, then he would invest three dollars. Meanwhile, the other it, like because he sold online, meanwhile, the other guy would run a billboard like do three bucks he wouldn't even make three bucks then he had to do three bucks three bucks would use a small amount but he could do three and then now he would reinvest the three and reinvest three again then he makes six then he could invest six now i'm spending six to year three then it was nine to year three then it was 12 to year three and he outspent the competitors and he put all the people that used to he used to be his competition out of business you know and it was it was all forced because he had no money so at times you know Yes, you got to use this stuff, but then you can also use this time to really sharpen your blade and figure out how am I, you know, how am I going to, uh, you know, pay for my home or figure it out with my family or better yet, maybe this is a wake up call that, look, maybe I should start looking at other, uh, other ways to, uh, for my retirement plan in the future, because the one, you know, I'm saying there's always another way to look at it of just, you know, maybe just getting by. So for some people, this could be one of the greatest opportunities ever for you, especially in a new economy, because there's going to be endless amounts of opportunity, you know, and ways to do that and not only pay your house bill, but also maybe figure out something that could change your life forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So I think I, I, I kind of want to leave with this. So, so there's solutions to every problems, right? But you have yeah. to make sure you pick the right solution.